Hi, this is May. And I'm Joy. Welcome to the QWERTY Writing Life Podcast, where we have candid chats about our creative lives. May and I are friends, writers, and creatives who want to share our endeavors out loud. On this podcast, we're here to encourage each other, and you too, and share tools we've discovered or made up, so you can follow your passions with a little support. So grab your tea, or your coffee, and let's get started. from each other, I think freshman year. <laughs> so what we thought would be interesting and why we even came up with this topic is because Joy and Tony and Britt and I actually will be celebrating wedding anniversaries in the very near future. So Britt and I will be married 15 years on July the 30th. Yay. And we will be 14 years on July 1st. Mm-hmm. Wow. We thought it was kind of timely to start talking about how to be in a relationship with a creative. Because we're not easy people. <clears throat> they, I don't know if they knew what they got into whenever they married us or if it was all a surprise. We will find that out soon. <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> Tell us a story about your wife and you that epitomizes her personality and or your relationship. Okay. <laughs> you are way too cool about this. Just wait, your turn's coming. <laughs> well, um, yeah, the, the one that immediately came to mind when I got the questions was uh, actually a, 
a real quick story from maybe a month ago, maybe a little more. Uh, we just finished redoing our bedroom um, and Joy was going through all of her jewelry and watches and all these things. And uh, I was I was sitting on the bed and she came to me. She had a box with earrings in it. And she said, look, don't be mad, but I don't know if you gave me these earrings or my sister or someone else. And I looked at her and I, I looked at the earrings and I said, well, don't be mad, but I have no idea if I gave you those earrings. I, I don't recall ever seeing them before. And we just kind of left it at that. So I think that kind of summarizes Joy and I's relationship. It's never been one um, where we've been, I guess, overly, um, you know, ooey gooey, I guess. So uh, that kind of sums it up where we were both happy with that answer and, and moved on. Um, so I guess that's the best I have for kind of summarizing our relationship with a, with a story. What's you got? Um, the one that I thought of, I have a son where, uh, our relationship gets weird sometimes, and a lot of times it's us sabotaging each other despite the fact that we have the best intentions. Um, what immediately came to mind was uh, when we, actually when I was asking Megan to marry me, about, uh, we went on this long walk, uh, kind of romantic. It was, uh, I want to say it was in the fall, because uh, it was dark early. So we went over this walk downtown Hattiesburg, Went under a gazebo that had lights under it and all the stuff. And on the way there, like I've got these intentions of, you know, asking her to marry me. And uh, we're walking and she falls in a hole. And it's like, well, this isn't this isn't exactly ideal. So, uh, but she's over. I think I snapped at her a little bit. So I was like, oh, Jesus. You said, you said, why'd you do that? Yeah. <laughs> about no you have this this is for you i saved it for you no you can have it 
Yeah. We're just like, I'm not even sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'm not, I'm not sorry. I hate it all. This is perfect because we have two different types of relationships <laughs> maybe with different types of advice. So the reason why we wanted to share about our relationships with you guys is because we thought maybe you could find a piece of yourself and maybe your relationship in our stories and decide what advice you would like to take in and actually implement or what you want to leave alone and <laughs> and uh, just keep it on the podcast. So, Okay, so this next one I know is a little complicated maybe for you guys, but we wanted to know if you consider yourself a creative person and what <laughs> amount of creativity do you need, and we gave you a scale, 1 to 10, um, for just daily stuff for in your work, for in life in general. Um, and also tell us what you think about creativity. Like what, what kind of comes to mind or what, what is the thing that comes to you when you think creativity? Um, given like a scale, I feel like creativity is like middle of the road. Like everything, I don't know. I consider myself a pragmatist in most things. Um, well, Megan, Mentioned I'm, I'm creative because I play guitar and stuff, but I, I rarely really think of myself as a creative person. I usually think of myself more as like a um, organizer. Um, while creativity plays into that, um, I feel like it's important to me because running a business and Tony might feel the same way. He runs a business too. A lot of things in my life are just organization, and a lot of times that just spills into my regular life. When I, this morning, I've been reorganizing cabinets in the kitchen um, just because I was annoyed with where the glasses were. Um, so while, I'm, while I am a huge organizer and don't really consider myself creative, I do appreciate creativity a lot. I um, love greed. Um, I love art. Uh, you know, the only reason I play guitar, which I guess is lucky for me that I would make it with it, is that I appreciate the ability that somebody else has to do with it. And I think that while I don't really consider myself very creative, I do take inspiration from the creativity that other people do, just in the fact that, one, creativity is beautiful. It's thought-provoking. Um, but it also is an inspiration. Like, that's hard work. You two wrote a book. You've written a book. It's just like, wow, that's a ton of work. Or you're an artist or a musician or a construction worker or anything else. You can take that inspiration into whatever that you're doing and, uh, you know, better yourself with it. And I have to point out that Brent is the one who wrote the music at the beginning and end of our podcast. So you, you are quite creative. <laughs> So well, I guess to answer the, I, I guess a, a lot of what I'm going to say is going to be similar to Brent. Um, I, I guess, no, I don't really consider myself a creative person. Um, I kind of live in very analytical worlds. I mean, first as a, as a business runner, I mean, I, I run a kitchen. I mean, um, we say in the kitchen, uh, we have a, you know, I guess a little acronym is NCO, neat, clean and orderly. Everything is always neat, clean, and orderly. Um, 
And, and when it's not that way, you know, we, it, it's caused, caused a problem with my workplace. My undergraduate degree and my, my, you know, was in history. Um, my master's degree is in Christian studies based is theology. So, um, systematizing and analytical thinking are, are really, um, I guess not only what comes naturally to me, but, but also what my fields of study have lended themselves to. So I would say day to day, if I was going to give a number with you, you know, y'all had the one through 10 number scale, I'd, I'd probably say, uh, probably oscillate between like, you know, four and six, maybe four and seven sometimes. Um, because I do, you know, like Brent said, I, I really enjoy visiting the creative world of others. Uh, right now, I'm reading the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and, and that's a beautiful world and extremely creative. Um, even re when I was beta reading Joy's book, you know, I really en enjoy fiction. I don't read a ton of it. I try to read more now because creativity is is beautiful, and it's um, I don't want to deny the beauty of that, and and it's um, it's a it's a gift from God, just like analytical thinking is. You know, we we live in a beautiful world, uh, and and God created us to have um, this beautiful capacity for creativity and creating stories and, and things like that. Um, so I really enjoy that, though um, producing it myself is, is not a gift. So I guess when I think of creativity, I, I really do think of it as a gift. Um, yeah, it needs to be polished and, and honed. I, I know that um, one of the things that um, you know, I, I see in, in my son, he's wonderfully creative. Uh, sometimes he's like, well, I don't think my stories are very good. I'm like, well, man, you're 10. You know, um, you've got great ideas and great vision, but you, you need to polish that and it'll become a better story. I mean, you know, the, the great authors and the great storytellers uh, worked at their craft. So it's not I don't necessarily know if creativity is either you have it or you don't. Um, but I think there's got to be that that inkling there, that gift there uh, where you desire it and you work on it. I don't think I have that very much myself. Um, I tend to, to be quite content in kind of the analytical world of, you know, history and theology and business because I have to. But um, I guess that's that's pretty much my answer on that. I think he's more creative than he gives himself credit for sometimes. He comes up with creative solutions or creative ways to explain something, which I think is kind of cool. Because, um, like, he'll come home and he'll tell me something from work, and he always finds a way to put it in a um, kind of like a metaphor for something with writing or something like that. And he does that for a lot of people. So that's kind of neat. I think what's interesting there too is that sometimes we don't even recognize the creative, the creative thing that we do. It's just, it just comes naturally. It's just a part of us. And uh, that's what I, that's what I've heard a little bit in Brent and in Tony's explanation there. So, so before we were married, gentlemen, did you guys think of us as creatives? Was that something that attracted you to us? Or did it have no bearing on our relationship whatsoever? Or did you just uh, did you pursue us despite that fact? I'm so interested in the answers to these questions. <laughs> you want to take that one first time? You're going to get I might as well. I mean, you know, that way... If I really get in trouble, you just look way better. I, I guess I have to say not really. Uh, I don't think Joy's creativity was um, something I was super aware of. 
before we got married. I do have to say we got married pretty young. I mean, uh, we were a year out of college, and uh, though we dated for three years in college, um, you know, just being young and, and immature, thinking deeply about the basis of my relationship with Joy wasn't on my mind in, until a little later. I guess the moment, I guess, if you want to, not that you can reduce it to a moment, but I think the moment where I was aware of this is who I want to marry, and uh, I guess that kind of relationship, um, or I guess would push the relationship beyond just the, the obvious physical attraction, was um, one night where, you know, just uh, her, really her maturity just just kind of um, is is what was that indicator for me that this is who I want to spend the rest of my life with. Uh, maturity in the sense of, look, when you're, you know, in college, you you fight and, you know, break up over stupid things. And, and we had one of those situations where she just was, you know, look, you're being, you're being immature and stupid on this. Those were not her words, but that was pretty much the, pretty much the, the gist of it. And uh, I reflected on that for some time. And, and I think that was a, a kind of a, a linchpin moment and our relation, our dating relationship. So I don't think it really had much to do with her creativity. I, I don't think I was aware at how creative she was really probably until a couple of years to our marriage. I mean, I tell people all the time, um, we could write the book on, um, you know, how to ruin your marriage in the first five years, because that we, I think we ran that playbook because we did everything wrong. She worked during the day. I worked at night. We were both in graduate school. We, spent very little time together, like quality time together. It was almost like ships passing in the night. Um, and after about four years of that, we were like, well, enough, you know, we're doing this wrong. Um, but um, so I think, I think I became aware of those things later, but what did draw me to her was, was kind of that maturity of, um, of, of saying, this is, this is a, a little bit different relationship here. There's a, a seriousness here that's, um, that, that was, you know, what kind of pushed it past the um, physical attraction of youth, I guess. I hope I didn't get myself in any trouble there. Maybe navigated those troubled waters well. Yeah. Anybody listening that's a newlywed, guys, don't answer that question. We've been married over a decade here, both couples. Don't answer that question until at least after 10 years. <laughs> well, Julie, can I ask you the same question? Because, you know, Tony had such a, a honest answer there. Like, were you attracted to his pragmatism? And, you know, as, as a creative soul, were you like, this person completes me? Or, or was it... <laughs> Was it like a, you know, I, I like him in spite of it? <laughs> There's probably a good bit of that. Yeah. Um, oh, geez. I don't really know. I know, I do remember the exact moment that I knew that I was going to marry him. And it was over, Applebee's used to have this apple The apple chimichanga. No, apple chimichanga. Yeah. yeah. And that was like our dessert. And <laughs> I think we had... We had recently gotten back together, or maybe we weren't quite back together I yet. think it was around that, that same was, issue that I had referenced. Yeah. I think it was around that same. It was our senior year. And so there wasn't really a thing. It was just like, I just knew. And it was, and it was while eating that dessert. So there you go. Applebee's bring that back. Yeah, they don't have it anymore. <laughs> it's unfortunate. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I do feel like our differences are, are good 
because, you know, he keeps me grounded and, you know, he helps me think through things when sometimes I might be more apt to make a reactionary um, judgment call on something. And, you know, I think that, I think we do well to, to work together and bring those strengths that we each have um, into our marriage and into different situations. And, you know, it is, it's like a, it's a completion thing. All right, Brent, it's your turn. <laughs> uh, let's see. As far as Megan's creativity, the same. This this might seem a little weird because I already knew Tony. We've been in history classes together, and had, uh, we we're pretty much friends by that time. Yeah, I didn't know the two of you and the two of the. I met you ladies in a creative writing class, mm-hmm. which was a uh, uh, like like an easy elective credit for me. So I didn't go into it thinking about anybody being creative, really. And me and Megan, I don't think we really dated during that when we were in that class together. But um, I heard I had to read the stuff out loud in class. I, I always just did silly stuff. I read a poem about ketchup and that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, idiot. But uh, I remember hers being kind of profound, like she had some like childhood issues stuff that I think she read about. Um, and I was like, oh, what a deep. And we got to know each other. We just happened to be in two classes together that semester. Um, so I had like this inkling that she was creative. Then as we got to know each other a little bit more, it was like I, I learned that she had written short stories and poems and different things. And um, really and truly, I think at the time I was pretty, I guess, self-involved. Um, I was planning on moving away. Um, I met this woman the last, you know, kind of accidental last semester of college. I really had enough credits to graduate and just didn't know it. Um, so I was just kind of like coasting through life for a minute. And um, I don't know that, I think that in that portion of life, I think that Megan had actually moved away from like sort of the creative side. And I didn't think about that much. Until way later, I don't think it was until she was working on her master's degree that she really started to feel like a passion for it again. Maybe she had lost that and sometime. And also, at the beginning of our marriage, we were dirt poor. So it was just like a lot of our life was just like, let's make sure this bill gets paid. I got to work late on this to make sure that we get this extra little bit. And it was like that for a little while. I think that that creativity, uh, the creative side kind of got mashed down a little bit during some of those years. And I think that when you started working on um, your master's degree, I think that more and more writing, more and more writing, I think that uh, that really started to bloom. And, you know, I feel like I got to, to watch, like, the phoenix rise from the ashes, kind of. Yeah. Um, out of that. Um, into something that, you know, now you, you really love and do all the time. And uh, while, while that didn't play much into me marrying you, I don't think. I do think that uh, I like to see that that change in you and uh, the fact that you're able to juggle even more stuff. Um, I, it's, it's pretty inspiring. Here. It's pretty impressive to, to see a person already doing every stuff with the kids, cooking dinner, going to work, all the stuff that we do, and then when everybody goes to bed, you sit down and 
go through that outlet that you have. Even though, I don't know, there's a lot of nights that I feel like you don't even go to sleep. <laughs> um, I'm pretty proud of it that, that you work that hard on something that you love. Oh, you need a tissue. No. But, okay. Um, that's really sweet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to ask you if you wanted to... Um, you know, share your part of it, but you may not be able to talk right now. <laughs> um, I'm a little, I'm a little for clipped. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll rescue you and ask the next question. How's that sound? <laughs> All right. So what has been the most surprising thing about being married to creative wives. And this could be good or it could be bad, or maybe it could be one of each. <laughs> the most surprising things. One is I didn't know that Megan had the ability to defile the need for rest. Um, I don't know, it always amazes me. I wake up usually at 5.30. And by the time the kids go to bed, I'm ready to go to bed. Nine o'clock, I'm usually out. Um, sometimes I roll over in bed and take the clock, and it's 2.30 a.m. And it's like, well, I guess she's going to sleep on the couch if she finishes, you know, finishes what she's working on tonight. So that's one of the surprising things is just the, I don't know, the work ethic that I didn't, I don't know, not that I didn't know that she had good work ethic. I just didn't know that it was that serious because um, she does self-deprive a lot just so that she can do the work that she does. Um, with that, while a lot of respect that and I like that, that also is sometimes kind of a pain um, just because, I don't know, I kind of like being next to her at night. Uh, um, also, there's stuff that's like, I want to do something, but, I, but sometimes I feel like, She's in the groove. Um, she probably doesn't want to, you know, watch a violent movie with me or something like that um, late at night. Um, but, you know, it's good. Also, I don't know. I, I guess one of the bad portions of it is that you do sleep super late. But that's nothing new. Um, she's always up kind of late. And I kind of, until we had kids, I valued that a long time sometimes. But now that we have them, <laughs> there's a lot of... Uh, Dad, I need this. Dad, I need that. And it's like, man, I want to try to go away, Mom. <laughs> and late is relative now. Like, yeah, it is relative. late is like seven or eight o'clock in the morning now, whereas it used to mean a whole other thing. So. <laughs> well, let's wake up for brunch. Let's wake up for breakfast. <laughs> I don't know. I guess surprising. Um, again, uh, I think I'm kind of surprised at how similar some of my answers because I, I wrote them out a little earlier just because I knew that I, I, I knew that I didn't want to spitball because that's how I say things that Megan will have to edit off of the, uh, the podcast. Um, so I'm surprised at how similar some of Brent and I's answers are, which shouldn't be surprising because I know, you know, Joy and Megan are, are in this together for one of the reasons is they're, I mean, they're, they're similar in, in a lot of their, in a lot of aspects, but 
uh, I don't think there's anything that surprised me about Joy's ability. I mean, I knew going into this that she was a writer. I mean, she was a she was a journalist before we got married. She worked for the Mississippi Press for a year. We were a little more delayed, I guess, in our marriage because we we did have a year between college. And, and getting married where I moved and started seminary and she moved to the Gulf Coast and was working for the Mississippi Press. Um, so I think I knew that she was a very talented writer. I had read a lot of the articles that she had written revolving around uh, events during Hurricane Katrina. So um, I, I was aware of that talent. I wasn't, maybe I wasn't so aware about the creative aspect of, of writing a novel, um, but I, I knew that that she was able to do that. Um, I think for me, staying on task with the question here, I think for me, the most surprising thing really has been, um, just how many things have spun off of her writing. Like when we first had this, where she kind of had that reawakening, if you will, of, okay, this is something I've always wanted to do. Um, we were in seminary when we first got married and had no money and two children. And I was working construction and working at a restaurant at night and going to class during the day. And well, there was no time for that. Um, so I think when she started this writing thing, I was like, okay, yeah, she's going to start writing. She has time for that. She's going to write a book. I know that there's going to be some work involved that you don't just sit down and write a book and it happens a week later. But um, how it's grown has been surprising that the podcast, the speaking, y'all have been able to do. Um, but all that comes with a, a time commitment. And yeah, I'm similar to Brent. Look, I I have both the, kind of the blessing and the curse where I have, uh, I work outside of the house in a, in a very time demanding field. I work long hours. And when I come home, generally I'm tired. And uh, often, I mean, you know, I'm kind of looking to relax. And, um, sometimes when I come home, it feels like it's handoff time. You take care of the kids. Cause I've been homeschooling all day and doing this, this, and, and the other thing. And now I have to work. Um, and I think at first I was like, well, I'm, I'm not really sure I signed up for this. I'm not really sure that I was, I was prepared to handle that. And, uh, so yeah, we had to have some communication and discussions on what, you know, her, her needs and expectations were. And, and, you know, there was some compromise on both ends because, um, you know, we had to have that conversation, but, um, I think the biggest thing I've been surprised at is, is how multifaceted this has become, um, and how many, I guess, touch points the writing has with just, um, other, other parts of, um, the creative world, you know, podcasting and writing and speaking, and then, um, just how big that community is. I mean, there's a lot of, um, I know you guys both basically oscillate in kind of the, the world of moms that write, but um, just that community in and of itself uh, was very surprising to me how large it is. Um, so I think, I think that's been the surprising thing, just um, the magnitude of it and, and how much time and energy it consumes, um, which, you know, has been both um, impressive because Joy doesn't sleep much either. Um, and um, and then, you know, it, it's it's also been had its frustrations. So. Can I kind of add a little? Sure. Yeah, I think that's how might possibly go the same way. Well, it does seem, I don't want to seem complaining about, like, hanging out with my kids thing so much. But I do think, I look back on, like, my childhood and the time that I got to spend with my dad was mostly, like, work, so. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, that's a, 
I feel like we garnered more of a relationship as a kid that worked for his dad than we did as a dad that was just a dad. Um, I do feel like the extra time that I feel like, I don't know, and sometimes I do feel like, oh, I have to hang out with these kids. But at the same time, I don't think that my dad and I knew each other nearly as well as my kids and I know each other now. And that's really kind of a kind of a blessing because uh, they're actually pretty cool and I like hanging out with them. Yeah, I would agree with that because um, on my off days, um, I generally take the kids out of here and, and we're gone for the whole day uh, just hanging out together. I mean, now sometimes it's nothing more than going to my parents' house and swimming. But, um, yeah, I, I would agree with that because um, usually one of my off days, um, at least, I, I just try to get them out of here for like eight hours you know, so she can work. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with that. But, yeah, there's some days where I'm like, I'd much rather go fishing. But, you know, you just got to just gotta do it. I know I appreciate the, the time that he's spending with the kids and the relationship that you guys have with them. I can see their futures being better because of it. And that's why, right? When we have kids, we just want them to have better lives than we have. And I think these little these little things that we do that we that we change and tweak from how we were raised, not that we were raised poorly, but you know, we tweak these things that we've experienced for them to have a better experience. And I know that Clay and Cole are gonna be better people because of the time that you're spending with them, right? We hope. <laughs> Get back with us in, you know, a decade or two. <laughs> but that kind of leads really well into the next question. It does. And the next question is, how have our creativity affected our families? Is it boring, Brent? Your creativity? Is it boring? Oh, our family. family no, our family is not. Well, I don't know. If you look at other families, you might think our family's boring. Um, right now, it's a lot of people think it was boring. Everybody's family's boring. The COVID, uh, shelter in place, yeah, all that. Um, right on the family. You know, thinking about this, I earlier today I was going over these, and I was like, I don't, I don't know that our family has ever existed without this. Because by the time Clay was born, we had children so late that by the time our kids were born, this was just part of life now. And I don't think that's for better or worse. Or this is, instead of affecting anything, it's just how we are. Um, which is nice because we've not had to like figure out some new routine because of Megan being gone to a seminar or some new routine because Megan is staying up till three thirty in the morning writing or anything like that. That's this just been that's been part of our life. That's part of the flux of what we've done from the get go pretty much. So I don't I don't the impact on our family so far as like a real physical impact is very small. But I do see in our family, my kids, our kids, we want both of us. Um, both of them, for that. Yeah, yeah, we did, she, she did more than half. Um, they are much more creative than a lot of the boys their age. Um, sometimes that's hard to like 
pull out of play just because he's at a, at the age where it's hard to pull anything out of him. Uh, there's a lot of things that are just lazy. But you see a lot of the influence that she has on their create. They write stories and make up stuff, and you know they are in there right now doing Legos right now, so that they can you know make a new Star Wars, you know, not a trilogy or something in there. Um, so I see that I see that impact. I like that impact she has on on their lives because uh, I, I certainly don't have that if. If they followed me and everything, they just get up in the morning, work out, and, and, and work, um, which is good. We uh, we didn't have much of a creative outlet when we were kids. Um, I showed some artistic ability, so I was encouraged to do that, but we didn't have anybody else in the family that did that. So it was not something that, well, I like doing it. It's not something I pursued. It was more like something that they were like, oh, you can do this, so, you know. Go get it. There wasn't a lot of, you know, leading in the guidance in that direction. Um, but I like that, you know, the three of them can talk about it. I can chime in every once in a while. But um, the three of them can sit down and just talk and end up making a story, end up making something silly, something fun. And uh, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. And I, I love the way that the, the kids are soaking in different parts of Brent and me, too. Like, I, I agree with them. I think that the creativity part is um, is definitely showing through who they are. And it's affecting you know, what they like and what they're trying. They're trying new things. They're not afraid to try new things. Um, but also, they are, they have a routine. They have a checklist on refrigerator that they do every day they have but it's pragmatism in a lot of ways too i think that and those are things that i like you know i like that organizational um those organizational skills and and developing a routine and keeping a routine and all of that stuff so i see them grabbing on to both of those things and i think that it's really they're really going to be cool adults one day um, yeah, I mean, I think, I, I can't think of any moment where like we all sat down and we said, okay, we're going to be creative as a family. I mean, that, that just didn't happen. Um, like our, you know, our kids are kind of just coming into their own, um, as joy has done this. So I think there's just a lot of natural ebb and flow where they're just, um, kind of allowed to show their personalities. As far as myself, I, I really don't think. You know, and, and I'm sure that um, I'm sure that Joy's creativity has probably affected me more than I think it has or realized just because we're married and we spend a lot of time with each other. But I, I don't know that it's really affected me that much. I mean, I'm still I still operate mostly in the spheres of um, of nonfiction. And I read mo most of my most of my reading is, you know, theology or history or, or something like that. and you know, I'm spend a lot of time in the business world, so I don't know how much has affected me, but it definitely I, I see it in, in our in our family and in our kids. I mean, there, there is a great love for stories in our house. So, I mean, one of the things we try to do, not only with the kids, but for us as well, if we're going to maybe watch a series or a movie, you got to read the book first or, or something like that. So there, there's a love for stories. 
Um, and, and that certainly, I love stories, but that the, kind of the driving force behind that is probably, is, is certainly joy. I see it mostly in Thad, you know, he, he writes stories, he makes movies on his tablet. He's got, uh, this whole universe that exists in his room, uh, revolving around Legos where he has Legoland and the president of it, Legoland used to be Anakin. And now I think it's Batman and it's just, you know he's just got a massive amount of stories in his head and um ali does as well though she she tends to keep things a little more close to the vest so it's it's kind of you know she's not always forthcoming but she's a 12 year old girl so how much is she going to tell us anyway um and uh so so i guess that's how creativity has affected our family really and just for us the the normalcy of it it's just it just kind of is our daily existence so i don't know that if you ask my kids, are you a creative family? I'm not sure they would know what you're talking about. They'd be like, well, I mean, we, we read books and, you know, talk about goofy things sometimes, but I don't know that they would draw a distinction, which I think is, is a good thing. I mean, you know, cause we don't want to push them and say, you have to be creative. I just thought of this, just like on my personal like side of it, uh, like I find myself, I think the Megan influence is this and, Certainly, the kids that I too uh, have more of a bent toward reading nonfiction. I'm, I'm big on autobiographies, right. the big happenings of the world. Um, we, of course, came up in history classes together. Um, I think a lot of that interest sometimes in history, um, besides just understanding how the world has worked in the past, there are some pretty crazy stories in history. Oh, absolutely. I wonder if, I feel like for me, since I've hung out with Megan and I've read some of the same stuff that she's read because she thought it was interesting, um, that has pushed me to read a little bit more, really more audio books. I would probably ever actually read a fiction book, but uh, I delve into a lot more fiction now than I ever did before um, just because, I don't know, I think she just influenced me in that way. I never really thought about that. I never really enjoyed it that much. Except for, like just some classics and stuff. But now I'm far more, you know, likely to read science fiction and stuff like that. Just a little bit. Of, I don't know. Sometimes she tells me a story. I'm like, oh, that sounds kind of cool. Don't know if I want to read exactly what you are reading about, but it might be cool to read some Stephen King and to see what that's about or you know, something like that. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, if if it wasn't for for Joy, I would probably rarely, if ever, read fiction just because I wouldn't make time for it. But now uh, I, and not just from joy, just just from kind of thinking and, and, you know, learning a little bit of my own, but she certainly influenced it a, a great deal. Um, there's a lot, even in my, even in reading nonfiction, there's a lot of, that you gain from fiction. And um, even if it's just simply becoming a better reader and a better thinker, um, reading uh, a good story that has a, a plot you have to follow, um, you know, it, it does help you become a better thinker. It does help you be able to put loose ends together in nonfiction. So, you know, I'm, I'm not saying, like, you know, I, I don't say just read nonfiction so you can, I mean, just read fiction so you can read nonfiction better. I mean, there's just the, the beauty of just having a good story is in and of itself a, a, a good end. But yeah, I, I, I think that I probably would lead read a lot less fiction if it wasn't for joy. 
And like you said earlier, I mean, I definitely see the kids picking up both sides. You know, they'll be talking and having discussions and they're talking about ways to run a restaurant. And then they're in the next sentence, they're talking about, you know, well, setting up book events and doing this and that and how to write a book. And well, you know, it takes, you know, all these many, many times to edit. And, you know, and I just sit there and I start chuckling. I'm like, I wonder what other kids talk about. <laughs> something that I, as far as parenting goes, something that really motivated me to take it to a more serious level was in 2016. Um, I was I was in a job that I wasn't in love with, and I was not in a in a place like professionally where I felt like I was coming into my own and I was making a mark and that sort of thing. And looking back, I saw a lot of decisions professionally where I had settled and. At that point in time, in 2016, I had, both of the kids were born, so I had a two-year-old and a five-year-old then, and I just looked at them and looked at what I wanted for them, and it was not what I was doing. Like, I, I wasn't, I wasn't happy, but I thought that that was okay, but then, because it's just me, it's just affecting me, and then when I saw it affecting potentially their future, because Who's going to show them how to be an adult if it's not us, you know? So it was really important for me at that point um, to begin making steps to pursue something that I loved because I wanted to be a representation of what I wanted for them later on in their lives. And uh, so that was really important for me as far as you know we think about these things and we're, we're creative and we do it naturally and all of these things just happen but that was actually an intentional thought that I had um, whenever I was deciding what I wanted to do with the writing and a lot of it was to just be an example of how to reach for something that you want to my voice well that it was the next question with how was our creativity affecting your creativity? So y'all already covered that. Cool. <laughs> That's efficiency. <laughs> the next one, and this is where this is where it could get a little, you know, everybody's starting to sweat over here. What is the most challenging part of being married to a creative? I don't think I see a specific challenge to it. Um, everything in life has uh, got some amount of challenge to it. Um, if I wasn't married to a creative person, I might be married to a workaholic or something like that. And, uh, you know, is one worse than the other? Probably not. Is one better than the other? Probably not. Um, the way I've always seen it is this, you know, this life we build together. Her being creative doesn't have a bearing on my feelings for her so much as uh, just, you know, the, the cut of her jib. Um, is that some, the, a term that anybody still uses? I use it all um, the time. It may just be us, but. And that's who she is, and that's what I fell in love with. So I don't find any particular challenges with it or anything like that. It's just, um, it's just life, and it's a good life. Yeah, I mean, I think my thoughts are similar. Um, I don't know if there's a challenge, at least one that, that I see, though, I mean, 
you know, th this is my context. I mean, you know, Joy's always been creative, so I don't have anything to compare it to. But just from what I know of, of marriage and, and living in community with other people, the challenges are the same, whether Joy's creative or not. Um, we're people with faults, we're fallen sinful people, and, and we have fallen sinful problems and fallen sinful conflicts. And I, I think that they're, they're the same whether, you know, your spouse is creative or not. But I think um, in this context, I guess if I was to say there's one where, um, and I think I'll, I'll probably touch on this more because I know you guys are going to ask us to give advice, which, you know, taking advice from me is dangerous. But it's it's just the time issue. Any marriage in the in the real world that we live in, especially our 24 hour, 365 day of culture where you're always on. And I, I know for Brent as a business owner and, and I manage a business, I feel like I'm always on call sometimes if there's a problem. Very often I'm the guy that has to deal with it, whether I'm on vacation or not, even if it's just 20 minutes, it could be frustrating and almost ruin your day. And then for her all the many, many things she's doing, there's that time aspect of when are you going to um, spend time together? I know her and I have made this commitment that we don't want the kids to get out of the house in eight to 10 years and then look at each other and be like, I don't even know if we really like each other or really know each other because all we did was oscillate around the kids and work and, and things like that. So we try to be very intentional on the fact that I just enjoy spending time with my wife. And I hope she enjoys spending time with me. And when, and when do we do that? And and where it's not frustrating. And she's, I'm going to have to realize there's sometimes I'm going to come home from work and I'm going to be tired and I just want to turn on Netflix and watch some, uh, watch Netflix with her. But she's working. And, and I just have to say, okay, maybe there's an opportunity for me to hit the sack early or read or do something, you know, and, and have some downtime to myself. And then she's going to have to realize that at some point she has to stop typing and we need to spend some time together and, and we just need to communicate that. Um, or really what you end up doing is getting bitter and feeling selfish. So you're bitter and guilty all at the same time. Like I'm mad that I can't spend time with her and I feel guilty that I'm mad that I can't spend time with her because she's doing something important or vice versa. So I think that's probably the biggest challenge. I don't know if that's specific to, you know, being married to someone that's creative, but it, it's probably the biggest challenge I think we deal with just because time is a, a finite resource and, and we just don't ever seem to have enough of it. That communication that you were talking about is so very important whenever you're trying to be in a relationship with anyone, whether you're friends or partner or children or family. It's just communication is, is a big deal. We could probably stand to a little bit more of it, but I also feel like um, maybe we've lasted 15 years because we have had good communication skills. Right. So let's go move on to advice, gentlemen. So if there's a listener here who is either thinking about getting into a relationship with a creative person or is in a relationship with a creative person and do not know what they were getting into. <laughs> How could you guys help them? Um, well, I think that, I don't know, Megan, you and Tony both have said a bit of uh, really good things about marriage over the last couple of minutes. But I think that, one, I'm definitely not a person to take advice about, about 
anything when it was marriage. But I do feel like um, there are two things that I kind of decided were important as far as being in a relationship with a creative person. One is just regular good advice for any marriage, any relationship. If you don't say anything about a problem, then odds are your spouse, your girlfriend, whoever you're in a relationship with, is not going to know it. They're not mind readers. Um, if you don't have that communication, if you, you can't go through life saying, oh, I sure do wish that they would pick up on my subtle hints that, uh, that I'm not happy with this until it turns into bitterness and then you, you know, you just destroy your own relationship because you can't, you know, stand to bring up your problems. Um, the second thing is, uh, being a creative person takes up time. Um, if you got a problem with that, you shouldn't be in a relationship with them. If you can't get a hobby, if you, if you're not a guy that goes out fishing or deer hunting or likes to go out and, I don't know, throw the baseball with your kids or, you know, find your own thing to do, then it's not worth getting into. So find your own thing. Um, you don't have to do every single thing in your life together. If your spouse or the person you're in a relationship is created, give them that space that they need to create. Um, while you're at it, do something to improve yourself. Don't be clingy. Yeah. One person needs to have an outlet. I think that's just good relationship advice anyway. Like, you know, be an individual while you're with the person that you're with. Well, I mean, I, I don't really have much to add to that. It was, uh, but I will because I guess I'm supposed to. But I mean, what I was going to say is very similar to Brent. I think the first one is just, yeah, understand what you're getting into with this person. Understand that this endeavor for them is going to take a lot of time and a lot of energy and you know, maybe some extra schooling. I don't know. It's just going to take time. It's going to take energy. Uh, and, and you need to not only be okay with that, but understand what it is. And, and that way you, um, you know, you learn about it. It's something that you guys can discuss and, and somewhat share together. So just understand the time it's going to take. People need to be open and honest about that. And then the second thing, and this hints on what, what, uh, again, what Brent was saying, um, understand that it's, it's for them, not you. So um, it's it's just if you're the significant other, it's this is just not about you, and it doesn't exclude you, but it's not primarily about you. So um, I guess if I'm going to give you a pithy little um, thing, you can you can take uh, maybe this will help someone. Be a cheerleader, not a coach. Um, and and really, that's um, I think some advice has been good for me. I'm a beta reader for joy. But I don't read her books as someone that has expertise. I'm not an editor. Um, I know probably far more about Greek and Hebrew grammar than I do English grammar, which is to say not much about any of them. Um, so I don't, I don't line edit her books. I just read it as a reader because she asked me to. I don't try to coach her. I just try to be supportive and, and be honest. But uh, just realize it's, it's not for you. And that's a good thing. Not everything has to be this thing we do together that we both own together. Well, and I also feel like we need to point out that, yes, Joy and Tony, the Brit and my relationship works on opposites in a way, like we complete each other, 
on different spectrums, but that doesn't mean that two creatives can't have a successful relationship as well. And their advice, I feel like, flows really well with that type of situation too. Um, in, instead of trying to find something to do as a hobby or something like that, though I would say that you probably just need to work out a time schedule on when you get to work on your things and when your partner gets to work on their things. And just be open with that communication whenever you're whenever you're feeling the feelings, you know, process those and then say them um, with respect and love to each other. And I think that's a really good foundational thing too. Yeah, that's that's good advice. I'll just chime in one more thing and I'll let you finish up because though I don't write, I mean I am tasked with teaching and preaching at my church. And so there's a fair amount of study and writing that goes along with that. And we do need to work that out. And and a lot of times I'll leave and I'll go to church and do it so I can be by myself and um, so I can be really diligent and trying to knock it out in a limited amount of time. But no, that's great advice. If you're someone that's also maybe working from home or, or doing something creative, yeah, a schedule would be good. Well, great. This has been so wonderful. Thank you for being um, open and honest with us, even if it, if, even if it might have hurt our feelings. Um, we, were, we, we were ready for it. <laughs> we prepped for emotional turmoil, and we didn't get it. So thanks, guys. <laughs> they didn't say that we're weird and, and odd, and I was really expecting that. I think it's implied. <laughs> he could have been doing anything else, and I appreciate you taking the time to hang out with me on this podcast thing that I do. Glad I did it. All right, everyone, it's time for our QWERTY challenge, and Joy's going to bring that to us today. All right, so we want to challenge you guys, whether you have a spouse or just a really good friend or whoever you have in your life, you know you've got some relationships um, going on. Maybe you ask them some of these questions that we've asked our husbands. You might be interested to find some of the answers that they give. I know it's been very interesting to hear what the guys have said and helpful and just kind of fun. So maybe you'll have the same experience and then perhaps it'll unearth some things that uh, that maybe you can improve in that relationship. Um, so just having that strong communication, like I know we talk about this in so many episodes, just in being a creative and having good communication in so many different facets of life. Um, and this is a super important place to have that. So maybe just start out with a few questions and get a conversation going. I'm proud to have Brent on my team. And I'm proud to have this guy. <laughs> He's pretty special. Also, do you notice that we both chose the bearded men? We did. We did. Glorious beards. Yes. <laughs> 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 and we'll often have a wonderful creative week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening until the end. Seriously, you're a trooper. Do you think pretty writing life is the bomb? May, you just said the bomb. Don't you censor me. If you think Cordy Writing Life rocks ice for real, oh my word. please rate, review, and share us with others. If you have questions about this week's episode or want to start a conversation, you can reach us by visiting cordywritinglife.podbean.com. We'll be back next week with more candid chats for you.